Oh, that's a lot of fun. You have powers. <laughs> Hello, Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. Thanks so much for being here this weekend. Those who are watching online, wherever you're at on campus, the different sites around the bay, and those right here in the room, thanks so much for being here. The last couple of summers, we've done something. We take a few of the blockbuster movies that are out that summer, and we look at some of the themes and what the Bible has to say about those themes. And so to kick things off, I want to talk to you about the newest version of incredible. Say that with me, incredible. Now, the first movie came out 17 years ago. I took my kids to see it. And now 17 years later, the sequel comes out and I take my grandkids to see it. <laughs> and if you saw, well, this second movie, then you know that there's a baby by the name of Jack-Jack and they're not sure if he has any powers, but one night while mom is out and dad is watching the baby, why does this stuff always happen when dad is watching the baby? <laughs> they, they discover that, wow, Jack-Jack does have powers and he's got laser eyes and he can shape shift and he can disappear and reappear and he can even duplicate himself. What a cool superpower that is. Imagine being able to duplicate yourself. I don't know. I don't know if I was able to duplicate myself. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good idea after all. I think my wife believes that one of me is plenty enough for the planet. Amen. <laughs> but this whole idea that you have powers. And what if you could live an incredible life, even if you weren't in the movie? The Bible says in Psalm 139, you created the deepest parts of my being. You put me together inside my mother's body. How you made me is amazing and wonderful. And I praise you for that. What you have done is wonderful. And I know that very well. Can we give God praise for his amazing word? This is God's word about your life. Do you believe it this weekend? that God has made you and that you can live an incredible life even if you weren't in the movie. I mean, how does that happen? How does that happen? A couple of weeks ago, I went out to play nine holes of golf. And nowadays, when I go out to the golf course, they consider me a senior. <laughs> and they paired me with a teenager. Thank you, Clubhouse. <laughs> and to make matters worse, this guy played on the high school golf team. <laughs> and I thought to myself, here you go. 
I'm going to be two hours of watching this kid give me a beat down, reminding me that I am not a kid anymore. But that day, my golf swing was anointed. <laughs> And I, can somebody say amen? amen. <laughs> and I hit, was hitting the ball really well. And you know us guys, we tend to be competitive as it is. It just comes out. And so I think my good golf helped to establish some street, kid, uh, street cred with this young kid. And so after a while, we started having conversation. The first few holes we talked about his golf game. The next few holes, we talked about his dreams. But the last few holes on the ninth green, we started talking about God. And he looked at me and said, you know, maybe us playing together wasn't an accident. And I said, God has a way of surprising us. And then he looked at me right there on the golf course. And he said, Ken, can you tell me how I can get to know God and the plan that God has for my life? You never know where God is going to show up. Can we give God praise? Amen. God shows up in surprising ways. But there was something on the inside of him. I think there's something on the inside of everyone that we want to know. Is this all just a product of random chance? Are we just here by accident? I mean, what if we have, what if there is a God and, and we've been made by God and made for God and God does have a plan for our lives? What does that plan look like and how can we discover it? Look at what Jesus said about the plan God has for our lives. Jesus once said, a thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That is what you call incredible. Amen? The power of the word of Jesus. Incredible. Say that with me. Incredible. I want that to get in your spirit. More and better life than we ever dreamed of. That's what you call an incredible life. But how we, can we discover it? Well, it seems to me if we look at the way we've been wonderfully made, if we look and identify the gifts that we possess and the passion that burns inside of us and the struggles that we have been through, our gifts, our passion, and our struggles, this is our GPS for finding our way to incredible life. Are you ready to go on a journey? Now, these next three things are on the outline. I encourage you to take out your outline, follow along with me. But let's first of all look at the ident identify the gifts that we have been given, the gifts that we have been given. The Bible says this about those gifts. 
It says God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. God has given each of us the ability, each of us. You know what that means in the original language? That means each of us. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Again, if you've seen The Incredibles, uh, then you know that Jack-Jack has certain abilities, but all of the family, they have certain abilities. The dad, he has great strength, and the mom, she can stretch, and she can bend, and the, the daughter, she can create force fields, and the one son, he can run fast, and not everybody in the family can do everything well, but everybody in the family can do certain things well. And the same thing is true of us. No one can do everything well, but every one of us can do certain things well. And if we take hold of that, and that takes hold of us, that God has blessed us with talents some of those talents we received when we were born, other talents we received when we were born again. But if we really believe that God has given us gifts and that we have the ability to do certain things well, the Bible says we all have gifts. They differ according to the grace that God has given to each of us. Let's zero that in this weekend. If I was to ask you to fill in this blank, that the one thing that I do well is this. What would you say? How would you answer that? That seems like a simple question, but sometimes it's not always easy to put our finger on what that thing is. One reason is this, you have a spiritual enemy. Jesus talked about that enemy. And that enemy does not want to see you live an incredible life. He wants to see you live a miserable life, or at the very best, a mediocre life. And so that enemy will lie to you. His best weapon is deceit. And that enemy will lie to you. And he will tell you that you are no good. You have nothing to offer. When God made you, he did not make you wonderful. And yet, friend, today is the day to shut up the lie of the enemy with the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. Look at what the Bible says about God making you an eye. The Bible says, God, you have made us a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned us with glory and with honor. Do you know who you are? God has crowned you with glory and with honor. Just to affirm this truth with somebody that's sitting next to you, would you turn to them and tell them, you are something else. Go ahead and do that. You are something else. Now, don't say it, you're something else, right? I mean, you are something else. I mean, say it to the person on the other side of you. You are something else. Go ahead. You are something else. 
Well, I think someone in the, in the balcony just landed a date. Amen. You can thank me after service. But I want you to believe that. Own that today. You know, shut down the lie of the enemy and stand on the truth of the word of God. Now, another reason it's hard to put our finger on the gift is that we start comparing ourselves with others. And we look at that person and we say, wow, they're a great singer, but I can't sing. Or they're a great athlete, but I'm not a, an athlete. Or we say, that person is really, really good looking. I heard about this one lady who came in to see the pastor. And she said, Pastor, I struggle with the sin of vanity. Every time I go to church, I can't help but look around and see that I'm the prettiest girl in the room. <laughs> and the pastor said, ma'am, that's not a sin. That's just a mistake. <laughs> When we start comparing ourselves, we can lose sight of what we do have when we're focused on what others have. Today is today to celebrate what God has given to each of us. The Bible says it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I don't have to worry about what I don't have. Instead, I'm going to celebrate what I do have. Amen? <laughs> celebrate what you do have. Max Licato said, it was a liberating moment when I realized I didn't have to be great at everything. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. amen. Well, another reason we have a hard time putting our finger on the gift that God's given to us is that it may come so easy to us, we don't see it as a gift. There is a business leader who was asked, what would you, you know, what's the one piece of advice you would give to young people? And he said, the, the biggest thing they can do is to find out their strengths, to know what they're good at. And then he went on to say something very interesting. He said, most people don't know what they're good at. They can't put their finger on it because it comes so easy to them. They miss that it's a gift. This is the weekend to ask God, help us to see the wonderful way that you've made us. Ask those around you to help you to see the way that you've been gifted. Try new things and uncover the treasure that God has put on the inside of you. Maybe God's given you a gift to write or to speak or to research. Maybe God's given you a gift to lead or to, to, to design. Maybe God has given you the strength, you're good with mechanics, or you're good with hospitality. Well, when you take the gifts that you've been given and you discover them, and then you develop them, and then you deploy them for the glory and the honor of God, you're on your way to an incredible life. I, I saw this picture of a dog who got caught up in some yarn, and he said, knitting looks so easy when you do it. And when I watch people who know how to knit, boy, I mean, they just have a knack for it. They're good at it. And there's some ladies at the church who are very good when it comes to knitting. 
And what they did is they took that gift and they offered it to God and they've been using their gift to help the homeless. Here at Cathedral of Faith, amen, let's give God praise, amen. We know there's a homeless problem in our community, but here at Cathedral of Faith, we do more than point out the problem. We want to be a part of the solution, amen. And so these ladies have stepped up and they made blankets for the ladies that were staying on campus at Village House last year. And last winter, they made 100 blankets to give to homeless folks in the community. You know, they took the gift that they had and they made these blankets with love and gave them with love to let every person know that they matter to God. Way to go, Cathedral of Faith ladies. Way to go. This is what it looks like. In one place, the Bible says, for this reason, I remind you to fan the, into a flame the gift of God. And what if God brought you here today just so I could fan the flame of the gift that God has put on the inside of you that's waiting to get out? Incredible. Say that with me. Incredible. So first, we discover the gift that we have. And second, we, we identify what our passion is. Passion. Would you say that with me? Passion. The Bible says this about passion. It's a great verse, and I'm going to invite you to read this out loud with me together. Let's fill this place with the Word of God. Everyone say it with me. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. One more time. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a great verse? What a powerful verse. Delight yourself in in the Lord. You know, what is in your heart today that's burning? What are you enthusiastic about? Or as my best friend says, what makes your socks roll up and down? Now, this is California. You may not be wearing socks this morning. But if you were wearing socks, what is your interest? What is your passion? Again, let's crystallize it. Focus it in. If you were to fill in this blank today, the one thing that is my passion is this. What would that be? See, there's power when we begin to live out our passion. Again, let's go back to the Incredibles movie. In the very first movie... If you saw that one 17 years ago, you may remember that the dad was forced to be, well, to sell insurance. Now, his passion was fighting crime and working for justice, but the city had thrown a wet blanket on his passion, so now he's selling insurance, and every day he sells insurance, and he's just dying on the inside, bored to tears, sleepwalking through life. But when he puts the uniform back on, boom, he comes alive again. And the amazing thing about this is they don't pay him to fight crime. He's a volunteer. But he does it because that's his passion. And that's his gift. 
And when he does what he was born to do, he's fully alive. So here's the question. If you and I were having a cup of coffee right after church and just being real, I asked you right now, which dad do you identify with? Do you feel like this? Or do you feel like this? Maybe this is the weekend to put that suit back on and to live your passion. Oprah once said, follow your passion and it will lead to your purpose. And there's something about following our passion that that when it comes to your passion, no one has to force you to do it. No one has to beg you to do it. This is what you love to do. Uh, You don't have to have a supervisor over you. You don't have to get a reward for it. You don't have to even get paid. It's nice to get paid for living your passion. But you would do it for free if you could because you were born for this. One of the best things you can do if you'd say, Ken, just being real, I feel a little bit more like that dad on the right. Bring your heart to God. Delight yourself in the Lord. Say that with me. Delight yourself in the Lord. Say it one more time. Delight yourself in the Lord. When you bring your heart openly to God, God can help you to find your passion. God can help you to recover your passion. God can help to redirect your passion. If you've been passionate about the wrong thing, God can redirect it so you're passionate about the right thing. When you bring your heart to God, friend, if your heart is lost, God is the one who can find it. And if your heart is cold, God is the one who can set it on fire. And if your heart is broken, God is the one who can fix it today. The Bible even says that God can take out your old heart and give you today a brand new heart. That's the amazing thing about our God. Hallelujah. The Bible says it's God who produces in you the desires and the actions that please him. And when you delight yourself in him and then he delights himself in you, what? Here's a picture of my grandson and I. My grandson loves football. He's crazy about football. And so when he says, Grandpa, will you take me to the game? I say, sure, I'll take you to the game because I'm crazy about my grandson. Well, last year, my grandson started playing football, and so he was crazy about playing football. I'm crazy about my grandson, so I went out to watch him play football. Now, the team he was on was called the Titans. I wasn't too crazy about that, but I'm crazy about my grandson, so I went out to watch him play football, and as I watched him live his passion, as he played offense and he played defense, as he ran up and down that field, I was running up and down that sideline. They had to keep kicking me off the field. (laughs) But there was something. It's hard to describe the joy that I felt 
watching him do what he loved to do. And I was thinking, I wonder how God feels when he looks at you and he's transformed your heart and put passion in your heart. And as you begin to live out that passion, the joy it must bring to our heavenly father. Can you sense his smile this weekend? Let's give him praise. Amen. The smile of God on your life. Let me read to you a story that was given to me. Are you ready for a great story? There's a lady in the church by the name of Debbie. And when Debbie was growing up, her family had an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, they started their own business. And then when she got married, her and her husband, they started their own business. When they moved out of the Philippines to Singapore, well, they had to sell their business. And she worked IT for HP in Singapore. And it was okay, but it wasn't her passion. And then she came to the States and she worked in property management and it was okay, but it wasn't her passion. And then something opened up for that entrepreneurial spirit that was in her to come alive. And this is what she writes. One day in preparation for my son's track event, he asked me to buy him protein bars for the event. I went to the store and looked for protein bars, but could not find any that were high in proteins and also had healthy ingredients. I thought, why not make my own bar instead? See that entrepreneurial spirit? The name was inspired by the passion and gift that I once used. But somehow along the way, I stopped. And I'm coming back. Say that with me. I'm coming back. Declare it for your own life. I'm coming back and continuing where I left off. That entrepreneurial spirit came alive. She started to live her passion. She began a company. She worked for one year on fine-tuning that protein bar. And today, if you go to Walmart, you will find the amazing grace superfood protein bar. This is what God can do when we unleash our passion for his honor and for his glory. Amen? Boy, incredible. Say that with me. Incredible. You know, what is stirring on the inside of you when we lock into our GPS? You know, this is what we're gifted to do. This is what we're passionate about. And then these, oh boy, we're going to go to some deep waters here. These are the struggles that I've been through. The Bible says this about struggles. It says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Let me read that again. In all things. Say that with me. In all things. Good things, bad things, in all things. God works for the good. It doesn't mean that all things come from God or that all things are good. But what it means is that in all things, 
God can work something for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. How many love God this weekend? Amen. Then God can take all things, all things. Say that with me. All things. Do you believe that? All things? There's a picture that I had to share with you because I could identify with this picture. It said, when you only have $5 until payday, now introducing the McStruggle. <laughs> have you ever had one of those sandwiches? The McStruggle? It, my goodness. <laughs> I've eaten that sandwich a few times. And, and maybe you have too. Your McStruggle, when you look back on your life, uh, you've had a battle with cancer or you've been through a painful divorce, or you've struggled through an addictive behavior, or you've gone through financial hardship, or you've had a setback in your career. When we have a bite of that kind of sandwich, what I've found is it marks you. It leaves a scar. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But the amazing thing about our God is this. God can take all things. He can take our scars and he can turn them into stars and bring something good out of that struggle. I know this has been true in my own life. Some of the greatest things that have come out of my life have been through those mixed struggles that have scarred me. But God has taken that scar and God has worked with it. And through that scar, God has deepened my character. Through that scar, God has grown my faith. Through that scar, God has developed my wisdom. Through that scar, God has broadened my ministry. What God can do is this. God can take the mess and give you a message and turn that message into a ministry. God can take that scar and he can turn it into a star. I know it can happen because it's happened to me. Can we give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. And what God did for me, he can do for you. Some of you right now, you look back and boy, there are scars. But if you will bring that scar to him, God can take that mess and give you a ministry. He really can. Look at what the Bible says about taking our scars and turn them into stars. Let's read 2 Corinthians 1. It goes like this. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. That God can take the mess and give you a message. And out of that message, he turns it into a ministry that we are buckets that carry a treasure. I love this verse. It says, we have this treasure in jars of clay 
to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not us. Jars of clay. Say that with me. Jars of clay. That's who we are. We're jars of clay. And if we are real today, I think all of us would acknowledge that as jars of clay, we all have a few cracks here and there. So I guess in one sense, starting with me, we're all kind of cracked pots. (laughs) But the amazing thing about God is this, that God takes those scars and turns them into stars. God pours the treasure of his power through these faulty jars of clay. There's an old story about these two buckets and the owner would carry the two buckets to go get water from the well every day. One of the buckets was perfect but the other bucket, it had these cracks in it. And so... One day they got back from the well and the bucket with the cracks in it looked at the owner and he said, I want to apologize. You know, every time we go to the well, you fill me up, but by the time we get back to the house, you know, I'm half empty. And the owner said, don't worry about it. I planted seeds all along the path that we take. And if you look back on that path and you see all of those flowers... Those flowers have come out of your faults. That's what God does. God brings flowers out of our faults. God takes our scars and turns them into stars and uses them for his honor and for his glory. This is the story of a dear friend of mine. We grew up in church together. But in her late teens, she lost her way. For a very long time, she lost her way. But thanks be to God, God's grace never gives up on us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. God's grace never gives up on us. Can somebody say amen? amen? Wherever you're at this weekend, God's grace has not given up on you. It hasn't. And God's grace hadn't given up on her. And eventually... God's grace brought her back. And now God's, well, God's taken her scar and turned it into a star. And she has a heart to help those who are hurting. As as you listen to her story, it's a beautiful story of God's redemptive power at work on a culturally sensitive topic. This is how God can take every scar and turn it into a star. Let faith begin to rise in your heart. My name is Vicki Baker, and I have been attending Cathedral of Faith uh, since I was in the fifth grade. As I got a little bit older, meaning graduated from high school, I started to do things slightly different than I had done before. So when I was younger, I made a point of involving God and Jesus in everything I did. As I got older, I sort of let that aside. When I was 20, my parents divorced, which was extremely devastating for me. So I decided to move out 
and basically uh, went off the deep end. Um, hooked up with some people that I had no business hooking up with and uh, thought I was really having fun. Being promiscuous, drinking, drugs, running around with the wrong people. I uh, was living a homosexual life for 30 years and uh, eventually I got myself, I started to clean myself up, getting tired of being high all the time, getting tired of being out all the time, uh, doing some of those bad behavior type things. I ended up getting a DUI. Um, I decided I should clean up my life. I came to church and I prayed and said, please God, let me get out. I realized that he still loved me and uh, I gave my life back to him. I separated from my partner and we went through all of that for a while and I haven't looked back. I love Jesus as much or more than I did the first 20 years of my life. And so I've been back with the Lord. He's uh, taken me back, he's loved me, he's cleaned me up and uh, now I want to reach people and share that no matter what you're doing, no matter how dark, no matter how bad or how wrong, there's an amazing God that loves you. Jesus loves you. We have everything we need through Him, in His Word, and I want to reach people. I want to be a first stop that somebody that might be confused or thinking, I want to share with them. I want to pray with them because Jesus can make the difference, period. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Vicki, come on up here. Can we give God praise for who he is and what he does for our lives? Everybody stand with me, please. Um, just lock into this moment. Wherever you're at on campus, those watching online, different sites around the Bay, there's something powerful that God wants to do in your life. Vicki and I grew up together. She's like my big sister. And Vicki, thank you for sharing your journey. Amen. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, I'm going through a struggle right now, but I'm believing that God somehow is going to take this scar. Boy, it hurts. It's a deep wound and it creates a scar. But God isn't finished with that. And he will take that scar and turn it into a star. You're going through a struggle right now. I want to agree with you and pray with you. Just lift up your hand real high. Say, Pastor Ken, in my life right now, I'm facing a very difficult season. Vicki and I want to pray with you. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your love. You're a good and a gracious God. And your grace is always reaching out to us. And so, Father, I pray for those who are here today. And, God, you're stirring up gifts, 
fan the flame. The gifts that they have, that they would be able to use those gifts for your honor and for your glory. Father, I pray that you would direct our hearts and renew our passion and help us to find ways to live our passion. Life's too short. We've got one life to live. Help us find a way to live our passion, God, for your honor and for your glory. And then, Father, I pray for those who are going through struggles. I pray that they would know, that they would know, that they would know, that they would know that this is not the end. It's just the beginning. And that, God, you will bring them through this. Their best days are not behind them. Their best days are still ahead of them. And God, you're going to take that scar and somehow you're going to turn it into a star and bring something meaningful and redemptive out of it. We believe that. We declare it in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. God is good. And all the time.